Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. everybody welcome to another edition of the undead walking podcast i'm your host sarah beth pollock and it is sunday it's march 14th it's national pie day and it's also another episode of the walking dead and this week's episode episode 1019 one more is probably one of the best episodes that i've seen in a long time and i don't say that lightly um you know, as you guys know, like I'm, I'm not someone who's going to say something that I don't mean. And I, I honestly haven't been, well, I don't know. I I don't want to say that I'm, I'm underwhelmed. I, I think, you know, these bonus episodes have been, they've been entertaining, but they haven't blown me away. This episode blew me away. Um, very high praise for this episode and it had me really excited in a way that I haven't felt in a long time and I think that that's a lot to do with the theme of the episode you know it in a lot of ways I feel like as we've gone on for the past 10 seasons um you know the 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 sense of urgency in this universe has changed a lot when you think back to the first season of The Walking Dead, you had the situation where, yes, it was about survival, and it was about other people, and it was about your family and the people around you. But at the same token, there was so much uncertainty about what was going on around everybody. They didn't know. Nobody. It's kind of like the early days of COVID, really. You know, the Rick showed up and, and there were, you know, when he, when he woke up, there were these dead people who were walking around again. And, and there was just this instinct, just survive. Like, like Enid said, just survive somehow. Um, and, and it, that kind of gets lost over the years because survival has changed from having to survive the walkers to having to survive other people. And in this episode, you really saw that the walkers were a threat, yes, and other people were a threat, yes, but it really encapsulated what The Walking Dead is all about. It's, it's about, it's about whatever that is, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, for me, and again, I'm being totally honest here. For me, what draws me to The Walking Dead is the story. Tell me a good story. Tell me a good zombie story. Tell me a good story about people who are trying to figure things out in the middle of impossible circumstances. That's what One More did for me. Sometimes you you run into situations where the show becomes more of a vehicle to tell stories about certain characters. And that's not a bad thing per se. But I think lately the show's kind of gotten caught up in certain characters more than others. And no, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's good to have, you know, to, to have favorite characters and have, you know, characters that have a higher profile. And, you know, that's, that's how television works. And I get that. But 
at the core of it, The Walking Dead is a, a show about zombies, and that needs to be kind of front and center, and that's what I saw in this episode. So while it was an episode about Father Gabriel and Aaron, and those are two characters that are that are fantastic characters, well played by the actors who, who play them, um, we don't really see them a lot. We haven't really gotten to, to really dig in, especially Aaron. Father Gabriel had some key moments in, in seasons 9 and 10, but we really haven't seen a lot, or really enough, of Aaron for a while now. And so this episode really allowed them to flex their muscles and come out and show us a different side of their characters. And I thought it was great. Um, the episode was creepy. It was uh, it was unsettling. It was something that made you think long after you watch it. It... Uh, you know, it had its scares, it had its its jump scares, it had its chills and thrills, and it also had a lot of humor. It had a lot of emotion, um, you know, the, and these are all things that belong in the world of The Walking Dead, because there comes a point where things are so terrible, you do, you have to go get drunk and just forget about everything, and, and if you think back to the first season, when everybody was was at the CDC and they were getting getting drunk in, at the CDC because they thought they had found a safe haven, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, like these people had been through so much at this point. Um, you know, it kind of makes sense that they they needed that kind of release. And for Aaron and for Father Gabriel, who just finished fighting the Whisperers, I mean, it's clearly it's it's just been a couple of days because. From what they say, they had just gotten the map from Maggie, and they'd been out for a couple of weeks. So, you know, a couple of weeks had passed, but really it hadn't been a... I mean, considering what they'd went through and how long the, the, the reign of terror from the Whisperers had lasted, um, it really hadn't been that much, that much time. And they'd both seen, you know, tremendous loss and experienced things that, that they'd never had to experience before. So, you know, it's still fresh in their minds. And so this is, you know, this is something that they had to... They had to deal with and in going out with maggie's map and trying to find these supplies you know they they came across more than they bargained for now obviously we're, we're thinking about who they encountered but before we get to that i think what's really interesting about this episode is is the the focus on relationships and family relationships and how that played out with characters who were very dead I think that was really interesting. Um, and, and so much credit goes to the writers and to Laura Belzey, the director, for the way that these, these scenes were portrayed. But throughout the episode, you kept seeing these glimpses of people, families, couples who, who died, but they died together. And they weren't walkers. These were people who died before they became walkers. And you, you saw their bodies, their charred remains, their, you know, the gunshots to the head. Um, these are people who, who made decisions or, or were impacted somehow and, uh, you know, lost their lives, but they did it with their loved ones. And I think that's a really interesting perspective, um, you know, going into this episode because you have Father Gabriel, who's, who's very protective of his relationship with Rosita and with Coco. And uh, then you have Aaron, who lost his his partner, um, but now he has Gracie. And so you have these two men who are very much family men, and 
they're putting themselves at risk. So, you know, the title of the episode, One More, is this quest to go and find more supplies because they know that they need them so much. And then in doing so, it puts them in greater risk because they encounter Maze. Now, I have to say that it has been a while since I've really become enamored of a character as fast as I was with with Maze. I was intrigued from the moment that Robert Patrick came on the seat on the on the screen. Um, truth be told, as soon as they announced Robert Patrick as a guest, I was beyond excited. Um, you know, Maze is one of those characters who he's like a chameleon. You know, like there's the the nature of evil in The Walking Dead is something that it's so it's so nuanced, really. I mean, when you really stop and think about it, everybody has blood on their hands at this point. So you can't really point fingers and say, well, you're evil, you are the villain, because it's just as easy to flip the script and say, well, you know, for the vi- the villain could point the, the finger at the, you know, the good guys, team family, and say, well, no, actually, you're the bad guy, and I'm the good guy. I mean, it, there's there's so many levels to good and evil now. And I think, you know, regardless of what side you're on in the argument, I think that Negan's a perfect example of that because there are people who can give you 10 reasons why Negan is not a villain. And there are 10 pe- there are people who can give you 10 reasons why he is the worst of the villains. It's very, you know, everybody has these layers. I mean, that the governor had layers. Um, there's, you know... You, you can look across the Walking Dead universe, and I think the only people that you can really say were, like, absolutely clear-cut villains are the people at Terminus, because, you know, they were cannibals, and uh, and Alpha, because she was just freaking crazy. So, you know, it, it's weird, but it, it's like these shades of evil, I guess, that, that you come into. And Maze, from the start, what made him so interesting is that he's not immediately a bad guy or a good guy. I mean, yes, he does he does attack Aaron, and he does, you know, kind of inflict some psychological torture on these guys. But if you look at it objectively, um, Gabriel and Aaron came into his place and killed his boar and ate his boar and ate his food and drank his drinks, you know, drank as his, a very expensive liquor. Um, you know, so from his perspective, I mean, you can kind of start to see where this guy's like, well, I don't know who you are, so why should I trust you? But then, you know, then it becomes clear that there's something kind of off with this guy and they can't, you know, Gabriel picks up on it, I think, faster than Aaron does because Aaron remembers the guy who would go out for, for Alexandria and, and, and recruit people to come back. And so he was somebody who was always trying to find people, whereas Gabriel has always had that apprehension in him. And especially given what happened with Dante and Sadiq and seeing how that affected Rosita, I think that Gabriel is really a different person now. And, and he's someone who is not going to put up with anything, especially if it could be a risk to his family back home. So, you know, without without getting into the details, we're going to dive into this episode later on this week. Um, 
because I know you guys want to listen to my interview with Robert Patrick, so I, I want to get to that. But what I'm getting to is that it, it, the reason that I want to talk about this right now is that um, in my interview with Robert Patrick, which I'm really excited about, um, one of the things that we talk about is whether or not Mays is truly a bad guy. And I think it's interesting how Robert Patrick really sums it up because it doesn't, you know, I think it kind of depends on what, what side you're looking at. And even at the end, when you see kind of the, the depths of the depravity that he had his brother locked up, um, you know, I think you start to see, like, there were some weird things happening, but it's even, even then it's still hard to, to really figure out because you have these twin brothers. One of them has a family. He was trying to screw over the other brother, according to Mays, to feed his own family. So you can kind of, you know, you can say, okay, well, he's trying to help his family. And, you know, there, there's a big philosophical argument there about, you know, ethics and, you know, is it okay to steal from someone if everybody's starving to feed your family? And, you know, so there's a lot, there's a lot to it. But I think the thing that, that really jumps out is that it's never really clear whether or not um, Maze is a good guy or a bad guy. And Robert Patrick talks about that in my interview with him. So, um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and, and play the interview and, and I think you'll, you'll kind of get a, a sense of that. Um, I really liked Maze, like I said, and I, I would love to see Robert Patrick come back. And so we even talk about that a little bit, the possibility of coming back as a, you know, maybe Tales of the Walking Dead and, and, and get his backstory. I think that would be fascinating. And obviously Robert Patrick was, was so excited about being a part of the show and, and joining this franchise after a career that spanned so many memorable roles. And really, I mean, he's, he's touched so many franchises um, that it, it makes sense. It would be awesome to have him back. So uh, so yeah, without further ado, let me jump into this, this interview, um, enjoy the interview, and I will see you on the other side of it. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Robert. How are you? Really good, thank you. I'm, I'm up here in Vancouver, British Columbia. Oh, that sounds lovely. I'm, I'm down in San Diego, and it's weird. We're getting a little rain, so it's, it's, it's a little bit like Vancouver. <laughs> ah, that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> It is such an honor to talk to you. I've I've always admired your work, and I was so excited to see that you were going to be on the show. And and um, so I'm just I'm just so excited to talk to you. Well, great! I'm excited to have uh, had the opportunity to be on the show. And I got to tell you, it was a, a, a responsibility that I I, I took very serious. Uh, uh, such an iconic show with uh, such a, a great fan base, and uh, they gave me a. A great role to uh, come in and make a hell of a splash, and uh, uh, I had so much fun. Seth and uh, Ross are fantastic actors. They welcomed me to the show, and uh, it was so much fun to work with. Very professional, great guys, and Laura did such a great job directing the episode. So I, I just had a had a ball. Oh, that's so awesome. And it's funny you mentioned you, you mentioned that The Walking Dead's iconic because you've played so many memorable roles on so many like completely iconic franchises. Did when you were getting ready to play Maze, did that factor into it? Did you draw upon any of your experiences and your other roles to, to bring him to life? 
Well, sure. I think as an actor, you know, you have uh, uh, your bag of all the work you've done prior to with every character. When you show up, you sort of drop that bag on the floor when you enter the room. And uh, there's, there's so much you bring to every character uh, uh, that are past characters. So it's, it's, it's there innately. You don't really even have to, uh, to think about it that much. Um, and this, this character I found so compelling because, uh, uh, let's say, get over here, buddy. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm outside and my dog is walking around. I'm trying <laughs> to keep him close to me. Um, it's, I was interested more from the faith aspect and, uh, from the, the, you know, the humanity of the characters, the dynamic that was set up. Uh, I'm sure you've read Victor Frankl's, uh, man's search for uh, the meaning of life. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, uh, people thrown into stressful situations, how they deal with it, how can they hang on to their humanity, etc. Um, and I was really fascinated by that, that aspect of the character and the, and the faith aspect. You know, uh, The Walking Dead, in a way, is a world without God. And Seth's character representing God and, and, and hanging on to that eternal light of hope. And then a guy like Mays, who was a believer, who's not a believer, and and says horrible things about uh, what used to be his faith. Those things were, that were really, really fascinating to me, and not certainly something I had, I, I felt like I had ever played before. Definitely. Now, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm just curious, in, in building this character, were there things that you were told about Maze, or did you get to create his own backstory? Uh, I sort of, uh, yeah, it's like the David Mamet backstory. You don't need backstory. <laughs> uh, he, uh, uh, I could see so many things, and there were so many things for me to draw on. I have brothers. I've been betrayed. I understand what it's like to be betrayed by family. Uh, I've had great betrayals in my life and hurt and pain, and I understand that. And um, uh, I'm, I, I do have faith, and my faith is tested every day. So I thought it was interesting, you know, this is a guy whose faith was tested, and he couldn't hang on to it. So that was interesting to me. Um you know, there was just so many things to draw on uh, that uh, that just hit me right away when I read it. I mean, I literally read it once and just said, I'm in. You know, I, I got to do this. This is juicy. I haven't, I haven't had a juicy part like this in a while. So. Oh, I'm so glad you did it because it, was just, it just came away as being such a... It's such a memorable role in the Walking Dead universe because some of the best roles are the ones that are, are kind of they toe the line, you know, you feel sympathy and then they're also very unsettling. And that's, you know, that's so many characters in this universe because of what they're forced to do. And, uh, yeah, the stress of the situation, exactly, Sarah, the stress of the situation and how they're going to react to it. And when you play that reality, I mean, you're there and, and you're in it and, and you're, you know, I mean, I, I was approaching it from how the guy was going to look, what he was going to wear. How does he cut his hair? What does he smell like? You know, what, you know. How does he take care of himself? The day-to-day things, the hygiene. The, you know, I was more fascinated in those aspects of of how they deal in that world. How do you eat? Uh, you know, all, all those all those things. 
but also just the arc of the character, where he starts and where he ends, and with the little button on top with his twin brother up in the attic, who was the you know the victim, or was he? Was he even ultimately the worst of the two brothers? You know, by what he did to his brother, by you know, and 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 the fact that he wanted to feed his his daughter and his wife. Well, certainly you can understand that wanting to take care of your kids, you'd die a thousand times for your kids. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So all this stuff was just ping, it's just ping ponging around in your head. And uh, I loved the vulnerable state we got him in at the end when he's just, you know, in the confessional with the priest saying, uh, I, 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 I don't believe you anymore, Father. I, I loved it. Oh, definitely. Just loved it. So and I, I think it was a very iconic character. Oh yeah, and, well. it, and it's one that just, I mean, I, I've been talking to people who have, who have seen it and they just, its it just sticks with you. Um, I'm curious because any, any- I hope the fans, I hope that, I hope the fans enjoyed it. I really, really do. Cause I, I did have them in mind, you know? I mean, it's not like, and that's what I want to say by it. You feel like it's a responsibility. You're given such a great role. It's written with such care. Uh, there's a, their best directors directing the episode. You got two of the best actors, and, and and here's your opportunity. You know you don't want to blow it. You want to go in and do a good job. You want to, and ultimately that's you're doing that for for the uh, for the viewers, for the fans. You well, don't there, want to let them down. And and honestly, there was that that little moment in there where it seemed like Maze might be sticking around, and I actually got really excited about that because he was so he he just fits so well. Because of all of those, you know. well, I wanted to sucker punch you, Sarah. I wanted to sucker punch you. I really did. I really, I wanted by the time he stands up and he unties Seth, or excuse me, unties Ross, and he looks at Ross and he's he basically lets him see a friend. Let's see, come here. He sees a friend. And he stands up and he looks at him and says, "I'm Maze." Like, I'm Maze. You know? Yeah. I'm your new buddy, and. I thought, you know, that that was my whole story, and we've got we reached this point, and now I freed you, and I really want to come back. I want to be I want to be in a group again. I want to be with the family. You guys won me over, and then you know, wham, out of nowhere, the priest, the very guy, that he, you know, uh, made himself allowed himself to be vulnerable in front of uh, kills him. Yeah, it's it's twisted. Awesome but that's, writing. It's, awesome writing. For sure. So, just my last my last question, and, and you, again, you kind of touched sure on thing. this a little bit, but I just I am curious, what side would you say you were on with Maze? Then would you say that he was, you know, would you make him a friend? You or should we be a little unsettled by this guy? Like how how would you kind of paint him in the end? You know, in terms of are we team Maze? Are we team not Maze? Like. How should we feel at the end of this? Because I'm I'm still perplexed. I liked him because it was you. I, should, I, I <laughs> well, obviously, be the actor. Uh, I I want you to feel like you uh, lost out losing Maze so early. But there's more to the story, and there was more that Maze could have brought to the story. So, yeah, I want you. I want you to feel. Uh, like you lost out. It would have been an interesting character for you to uh, to find out more about. Well, then you, you absolutely delivered on that, and I am I am so 
Oh, good. blown away by this episode and it's just it's so classic walking dead and it's just it's so you it was such a perfect character for you because i've just been a fan for i've been a fan for so long and this was perfect it was a perfect role for you for all of the characters you've played i could just see so many different pieces and parts and it just i i'm really bummed out that we don't get more maze so hopefully i would call scott gimple and get on that tales of the walking dead maybe you can get in <laughs> on that little get in on the on the series that's coming up like put that in their heads because we need more maze that's that's what i know you want some more maze do you want you want triplets well they, maybe there was a third brother that was actually the one that was the sadist of the two or the three hey you know what that's we'll funny. take it we'll take it <laughs> You know, the writers were great. Everybody was so, so great. And, and Laura did such a great job. And, and again, I want to reiterate how unbelievably great both the actors, Ross and Seth, are. And, uh, you know, the whole experience, the, the whole production, the whole team, all of them, they're just first rate. It's a classy, uh, classy organization. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I'm Thank glad you, you wanted more. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Um, I will admit now that you've listened to it, I was, I, I it's funny cause I have talked to a lot of celebrities in my, my day. And, uh, I have to admit that I was, I don't want to say starstruck, but I was very excited about talking with Robert Patrick and it's, he's somebody that I've always admired. And, you know, obviously I, I remember his role in Terminator 2, who couldn't, but uh, really it was his role as Agent Doggett in the X-Files that just won me over, and um, when he was on True Blood, which is a show that I also adored, um, I just loved him even more, so he's played so many roles that have, that have really captured my attention over the years, but he's so much fun to talk to, he's so sweet and so polite and so kind, so... Um, just really, really happy to have him on the podcast and have him, um, you know, be able to talk about his experience. So I really appreciate that. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, so we will be cutting this episode short because we did have that interview in there and then we'll be back. Uh, Adam and I'll be back later this week with some, you know, breaking down the episode more and looking ahead to the next episode, which is episode 1020. And that will be coming your way uh, later this week. If you have AMC Plus, it'll be on Thursday. Otherwise, we'll be watching it together on Sunday. So, uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Send us questions if you have any questions. And uh, as always, I want you all to stay safe, wash your hands, and watch out for those walkers. Thanks, everybody. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.